0: super talk mississippi media production
1: hi this is dr andy barlow with the chiropractic physician center of tupelo and author of the number one bestseller the code are you sick and tired of the medical merry-go-round are you looking for a potential solution to your health problem be sure and listen to our podcast the code
0: what is up on a friday i am brian scott Rippy, my co-conspirator As always, is Colin Brister. We appreciate you hanging out with us on this Mailbag Friday edition of the Rebel Report. College football week two, um, packed show today. We, what, September 6th is what it is. That was the date I was trying to find. It is a packed show. Uh, NFL was back last night. College football rolls on into week two. I guess it's the third week total of everything kind of getting going if you count the week zero. But, um... Packers-Bears last night. We'll get into that some. We'll get into some questions you had. We'll get into a little bit more Ole Miss-Arkansas. What's up?
1: Not much, not much. That was an awful football game last night.
0: Yeah, it was. um, The Packers' offense still probably has some kinks to work out as far as, I mean, brand-new coach, brand-new system, uh, first-time head coach who kind of is in charge of the offensive system. The Bears' defense is really good. Trubisky's limited um, I think he's continuously showed that. But, obviously, the Packers spent a lot of money in free agency on their defense, and it's paid off. So, I think all of those things can be true at once, and they probably contributed to a to a pretty rough offensive game.
1: Yeah, Trubisky's terrible. Like, he's not – I know you said he was limited. He's terrible. Um, I mean, he I can plays with his feet, but I don't think the guy can throw up a football.
0: He makes some throws. I mean, it wasn't like he made a couple of throws where you're kind of like, all right, there it is, wow. But he, he he's too in he's too erratic um, to be at least in, until he shores it up. And I don't really know how he shore back accuracy. He's too erratic to be a consistently good NFL quarterback. But he he does things when plays break down and he does things with his feet that you really can't coach and he helps avoid sacks more so than anything that you really can't teach or coach he just kind of has it I think they're just kind of banking on honing in and his ability to kind of either limit the inaccuracies he has with the with the different balls he's fine in a lot of short routes, although he wasn't particularly good last night, but when he starts pushing the ball down the field, you start seeing more inaccuracies. He has some footwork issues as well, which is kind of odd given how well he uses his feet to scramble, but yeah, I mean, he's... he's, He does some good things, but they aren't consistent enough for them to be good right now. They kind of made it there in spite of him last year. He was good enough. I want to give him some credit, but he's got to get that hunker down a little bit. Otherwise, he's just going to kind of be what he is because they can be a good team with him at quarterback, but once you start having to pay other guys on the offensive side of the ball, they could be in trouble. Yeah, and
1: the Packers are probably going to win that division pretty easily if if he doesn't start playing well because Aaron Rodgers play that poorly again he wasn't great last night they didn't do well on
0: offense that won't be the case over a 16 game regular season and that defense looks like it's for real yeah i want to see the vikings um i I would like to see Kirk cousins in year two because the vikings still have a lot of interesting pieces on offense they have a um a a really really solid defense as well that they bring i think most of their guys back i didn't exactly look what exactly the Vikings did in free agency this offseason. But I also would like to see the Lions because I think people are – I don't necessarily see them contending for a division, but I don't think Detroit will be as bad as some people – I don't think they're, I guess, slept on is the cliché term, but you get a second year of Matt Patricia's defense. You do have an established quarterback in Matthew Stafford. They added some, a couple offensive weapons around him. I'm interested to see what Detroit looks like this year because that entire division's pretty tough. That and the NFC South are probably the two toughest divisions in football. I guess the AFC North is up there as well. Well,
1: yeah, the, AFC, the NFC weapons, the Cardinals are atrocious, but the other three teams are really good.
0: Uh, yeah, that's fair. But, I mean, San Francisco hasn't been good yet, though. And they no, weren't they particularly good in the couple weeks sure. that Garoppolo played last year. I'm not necessarily sold on him yet. Uh, they gave him a lot of money. He needs to, one, stay healthy, and, two, they need to play well for a consistent period.
1: Yeah, yeah but there's a reason FBI projects them to win 11 and go 11-5. and five. Speaking of FBI, did you see where they had Ole Miss at 80% to win?
0: I did. I, so yeah, I saw their uh, what the ESPN's football power index had Ole Miss as an eighty percent chance to beat Arkansas this weekend. I know that seems high, but Arkansas is not very good. I mean, they clipped a D two an FCS team by seven seven points. I know the game probably wasn't wasn't nearly as close as that, but I mean, you take two bad teams, you take one team that was even worse than Ole Miss was last year, and you stick them on the road. It makes sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think Ole Miss wins Saturday. It's it, gone to my head. I think Ole Miss wins a 28-20 a to 20 type of game. Um, but, man, I did 80% think high.
0: I don't see Ole Miss covering the spread. I really don't. I think that'll be a close game. It's gone yeah. to seven.
1: Yeah. The only thing that gives me hesitancy there is why is the line seven? Because I would have made it about four. Well,
0: I mean – I, I I get what you're saying, but the line is seven because the math says it's seven.
1: I mean, I guess so, but the the math doesn't add up to me.
0: Cause... No, no, I'm with you on that. I, I, it's 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 weirdly large to me, but that tells me that Vegas is very low on Arkansas and whatever index ESPN has is also very low on them. So I don't know. Um, I'm try The other thoughts I had on that game last night is. I picked the Packers on the show yesterday, the win of the division. Uh, I would have felt a little bit better about that pick. Not that it really matters at all because no one's going to call me out on it when I'm wrong on all of them in eight months. But I would have felt a little better if that offense had been a little bit more productive, I would say. But I think part of that is a new thing. Because the first first three weeks, four weeks in the NFL, I don't want to call it an extended preseason or a crapshoot, but weird shit happens, right? The Saints got absolutely dominated by Ryan Fitzpatrick in week one of the season last year. Do you remember two years ago when the Saints started 0-2 and everybody was like, blow it up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, they lost to the Vikings and I think the Patriots two years ago, and everyone was like, yeah, this this is over with and done with. So weird stuff happens. The Patriots are going to drop a weird noon game to someone outside their division because he doesn't lose within division, but they're going to drop some weird game. Uh, did you know all of the games the Patriots lost last year uh, were teams that didn't make the playoffs?
1: That's kind of funny.
0: Yeah, I know. That's weird. Um, no, I guess that's that's not completely true because the Chiefs beat them. Maybe it's four of the five teams.
1: Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, yeah the Chiefs beat them. Back. The Titans Wait, beat the, t- No, the Chiefs didn't win in Foxborough.
0: Opening night last year, I thought. Unless That, was, that t- was two years ago. Then what was opening night last year?
1: Uh, I'm not sure. but That was two years ago when when KC went up
0: to Foxborough and one I guess it was, because that was Kareem Hunt's debut. Anyway, I don't know. Weird stuff happens in the NFL. I like the, I'm like glad, I'm glad the NFL's back. I like fantasy. Uh, wagering on the NFL is more interesting than college. Uh, basically, there's less room for bullshit. Uh, you don't see a lot of Stanford Northwesterns in the NFL. Uh, yeah,
1: if, if, if you're a big fan of teasers, those go, those go well in the NFL.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. And there's just less room for, like, crap. You know what I mean? Like, the NFL, I was looking this up earlier today, the, the highest-ranked team in the NFL last year got off, got converted third downs at 46%. And there were, like, three teams, or there were they were there was one team under 30, and, like, most of the league was in the 30s. There was only, like, eight teams in the 20s. College, you get, like, fourth and 15, and the dude just chucks it up, and there's a guy without no one in the camera screen of him. That kind of the stuff thing-
1: bothers me. The only thing I dislike about the NFL is is how flag happy they get. And I I get why they do it, but good God. Like with illegal contacts and defensive holdings, it just seems to me like they they throw those without uh without care.
0: I would agree with that some too, but I mean in the NFL, like if I the way I would describe that is How would I describe? If Tua, Trevor Lawrence, and Herbert, Five other quarterbacks? Yeah, Herbert and three other quarterbacks. Out of a total of 32, drastically determine your television ratings are getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars. You're probably going to put a little well, more effort into protecting them, too. No,
1: I'm not even talking about roughing the passers. I'm talking about the, the defensive backs, how often they get caught for holding and, and illegal contact. And I kind of just think some of that stuff's a little petty.
0: I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that either. I, I I feel bad for defensive backs in today's modern age of football. Although it does look like, from what I was catching on last night, and granted, I was doing some transcribing and some writing during some, the game, so I was in and out. I mean, I was paying attention. I watched most of all the game. But there seemed to me to be there's a rule now that applies to quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers that you there's something you can't do with your hands now pre-snap that confuses them. Um, I don't know if you saw this but Aaron Rodgers got called for a couple for a false start, starts and so did, yeah. a, so did one, one or two of Green Bay's receivers it may have happened to Chicago too but I just noticed when it got called on the receivers the defensive backs were pointing it and like jumping up and down that seems to be some kind of rule that helps them at least pre-snap getting off the ball um, sure. so I'm, I don't even know what that rule is, I'm going to be completely honest I didn't understand it, I didn't have the volume all the way up but I don't really care, Like anything that helps the defensive backs I'm kind of here for because playing a receiver in the NFL and quarterback in the NFL has gotten I don't want to say it's easy, but it's gotten demonstrably easier because of the way the games officiated towards fantasy and offense and all that. And I'm not a guy that hates offense. Like I would have rather have seen the Monday Night Football Chiefs Rams games than what I saw last night, but there's got to be some balance. Yeah, sure.
1: And and there's not right now. So, well, and and to be fair with that penalty, I guess I guess it's helping. I've just always been frustrated. I hate I wish they'd do away with whatever illegal contact is. Like I, to me that you don't see that in college, and I know it's two different games, but I don't understand the need for that penalty. And I sure don't understand the need for it to be an automatic first down.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Um, I don't know. It's just like if it's, it's, it's an egregious one, it probably shouldn't add a first down, but they should, they should call it less. Another thing I'm reminded of constantly when the NFL comes back is their – I like their pass interference penalty more because it's in- – Yeah. It's wildly more impactful. You can have a 55-yard penalty if, you know, shit gets weird. But in okay. college, it's just kind of like 15 yards, whatever. It's the same thing as a face mask.
1: I, I understand what you're saying, and I, I like the, the thought end of the penalty as well. My only hesitancy in putting that in college is I don't trust college referees to call 55-yard penalties correctly.
0: Yeah, I guess that's fair, but, I mean, if you're going to call P.I., it's kind of the same thing, right, just as the fact that it's 15 yards, but, like... I mean, NFLs, there's bad calls too. I mean, we were just talking about how badly defensive backs get screwed. There's some, I mean, there was one last night that went in the Packers' favor where on, like, in live action, you're like, yeah, that's obviously P.I., but then you get it, and it was a linebacker chasing what appeared to be a slot receiver, and the slot receiver, it, savvy moved by him, just kind of leaned into the linebacker and then fell down to where it looked like he shoved him. So, yeah. It's I don't know. It's it. Wait, while the referees are more competent, I would argue some of the these professional receivers are better at selling it.
1: That, that, that's certainly fair. I just I hate giving more power to college referees because I think they are maybe one of the worst people. One of the worst at their job. Well, I mean, it's and, a multi-billion-dollar
0: industry that doesn't hire full-time officials. You get what you pay for.
1: Yeah. Oh, I don't. Yeah. Absolutely. SEC's trying to save a butt, not doing that, which is absurd.
0: Anyway. Um. Yeah, so I'm pumped the NFL's back. We'll probably get in some NFL lines and stuff this weekend. The NFL's my favorite day of the week. I've said this a hundred times on this show. So one day of the week, no one bothers me. I watch football for eight hours a day. It's fantastic. Because unless Ole Miss plays an 11 a.m. game or a really, really late game, I don't really get to watch a ton of college football. Um I guess we'll get right into the questions and then I'll get to some other stuff at the end if we miss it because I know there's some other stuff that we need to hit whether it's Ole Miss Arkansas related whether it's Firefest related or listening related um, I don't know if you can pick up what I'm putting down if you're listening but we'll get to all that in a bit so sit tight, that's at the end um, let's see if where these questions ended up I actually didn't really look at how the listeners' performance went uh, not the best, not the worst
1: yeah,
0: no, it's about the middle of the pack. Um, making sure we get to the bottom here. Okay, if Ole Miss beats Arkansas, does Tony the Land Chart crowd surf in the student section amongst the party decks? Well, the party decks, there's no such thing as a party deck. Um, I uh, yeah, uh, we'll get to that in a bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, probably not because I don't figure that would uh, pass fire
1: inspection.
0: Jack Laney asked if you're going to back up the recording. You're an asshole. Uh, So I accidentally – I was going through – I had some private tracks on the SoundCloud page. A little inside baseball here. When I upload the podcast to SoundCloud, sometimes when I want to make sure everything sounds right, I upload it private, and then I'll tweak it to make sure because I can't get volume a lot of times on these computers. Anyway, I was going through and deleting some of the, like, basically draft tracks that I had that didn't go public, and I accidentally deleted Monday's show – and spoiler alert: If you have a SoundCloud and you click delete, there's no one doing it. You can't get it back; it's permanently wiped. You, <laughs> you press one button and it's over. I was looking at it and I was like, "Ah, shit! I just deleted Monday's podcast. I'll just undo that." Looked at it. Wait, do
1: you delete a podcast for
0: Monday? I did. I reposted it under the. I reposted it under the same title, uh, and then put parentheses repost of Monday show, and then under the. They told me to do third person whenever we do the, uh, the. Uh, Description and I put Brian Scott Rippey deleted Monday's podcast. Brian Scott Rippey is not a smart man, so that was (laughs) that was the bio of the show. Um, Yes, I deleted Monday's podcast permanently off the rec, like just completely wiped from the record. I pressed one delete button by accident and it's gone. There is no hey recover it from deleted files, all that stuff. It's permanently gone.
1: Yeah, no, no, off the internet forever
0: yeah which they say everything's not on the internet I think they say the internet you can't really erase anything on the internet I think SoundCloud would beg to differ I can't find this shit I couldn't get a hacker to find that Um, (laughs) so yeah that wasn't good so that's what that's in reference to Uh, well played but you're a dick Um, is John Mayer right about time travel I don't know what that means
1: Uh, yeah look I love my boy Bobby uh, but I, I I don't I don't know what this one's referring to
0: I guess we can look it up hold on okay Oh, John Mayer posted some kind of Instagram story the other day about time travel. I'm pulling up some online tabloid. Oh, this looks okay. like a Reddit thread. This will get interesting. John Mayer completed a QA and a on his Instagram story with someone asking, do you believe in time travel? That world governments have jumped slash changed timelines. Dear God, John Mayer would like this podcast. His response was, time travel exists. It's been happening for years and on January 8th 2027 it will become public knowledge what that's the date of jump one I don't know what jump one is and no matter what we've tried to do we can't hide it one thing we know it's not actually really all that special uh, I would beg to differ if time travel was real I would qualify that as special here we go you know how the internet is supposed to make us brilliant but we just laugh at memes time travel is basically petty theft and people used to just jump location and not and not time so much not use time so much <coughs> I feel high reading this. You see, people are caught up in their own time. They don't often think far enough outside themselves. Does it make you very nauseous? It does make you very nauseous, though. That's the end of his post. Oh, my God. Hey, Brian, can you get paused
1: real quick? Just for like a minute.
0: That was the end of his post. So I... uh I don't really know what to tell you other than John Mayer would enjoy this conspiracy theory segment that we very regularly do on this podcast. I don't really know what that any of that means. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say John Mayer is a uh, weed guy. Um, a <laughs> weed guy. Yeah, I, I'm just jumping out on a limb there. That uh, I, I want to read the last part of this again. You know how the internet was supposed to make us brilliant. I I don't ever think that was the goal of the internet But we just laugh at memes Time travel is basically petty theft And most people use it just to jump location And not time so much He's using time as a verb You see people caught up in their own time They don't think far enough outside of themselves It does make you very nauseous though I don't think that's what's making you nauseous there John Um Yeah I don't really know what to do with this I'm going to move on to the next question um who's on your old Miss Head Coaching hotboard? Easy. Hold your horses, buddy. Uh there's no one to make a hotboard other than myself and maybe some other websites like the Rivals or two four seven site. or you know. You get my point. Take it easy. There it there's eleven more of these things. The next one is fire everyone question mark. I, I would advise you the same way. Uh did we fake the moon landing or tell the truth? I'm gonna say tell the truth.
1: Yeah, that one—that
0: was not—that was real. Yeah, we're so competitive with the Russians. I don't understand why we'd fake that. I think the Russians would see through that. They apparently hacked an election, I'm told. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, uh, yeah, moon landing definitely real. If Ole Miss loses to Arkansas, is zero and twelve on the table? I guess, but probably not.
1: Yeah, I think that's
0: fair. I'm- I mean, you're not losing to. Southeastern Louisiana New Mexico State I don't think Look people I, I'm not going to be Spin it in a positive Direction for Ole Miss Guy because the First half was one of The worst offensive Line performances I've ever seen uh, And I, I, I'm not going to like Be that guy But Jesus Christ like it's, it, it, it's a 15 to 10 Game to Memphis Who will be the Best team Ole Miss Plays in this stretch you know, new offensive coordinator, brand new offensive line, redshirt freshman quarterback, one proven receiver uh really one proven receiver for most of the game. Because Sanders went out with a hamstring injury, and a new defense, like e- easy a little bit. If they do lose this week, then I, I don't—I'm I, not going to stop any Ole Miss fans from losing their mind. I, I won't stop you on that because if they lose this week, then they're in—they're in a lot of trouble. But at least for the next forty-eight hours, like easy. Like it, it, I'd like to see it one more time. It's like you get a small sample size of something and people lose their minds. It's like it's like bringing Twitter to real life. It's like I would like to see the offensive again. If the offensive line's a disaster again and some of the different stuff that they use doesn't work, and I say different stuff, Nick Broker, uh, Bryce Ramsey or Ben Brown at center, whatever they do about the left guard situation, whether they keep Newman or they help him out or they let someone else play it, I'd like to see it again first. And if it's still that bad, and if you lose to a team of the caliber of Arkansas, then fine, have your meltdown. But it, let's just see a second sample of this. No, yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, it, they
1: deserve more than one game against a, a Memphis team on the road. Like, let's let's see a second one before we make any you know drastic conclusions.
0: Both things are allowed to be true. They played abysmal offensively in the first in the particularly in the first half. Really, the whole game. The defense was. Tackled better, tackled better in space. I saw some takes this week about how the Ole Miss defense wasn't actually improved because they did that much improved because they did give up, you know, four yards to carry to a couple of Memphis's running backs. And, yes, Memphis should have probably kept running it in between the tackles. But, man, if you saw the way Ole Miss protected the run against last year and the way they tackled last year, I don't see how you can't argue it's not improved. <laughs>
1: Look, I mean, is Ole Miss's defense going to be one of the best in the SEC? No, no. absolutely not. Are they going to tackle better and get lined up? Yes, and I think that matters from a from a production standpoint.
0: Yeah, so I would just say hold your horses. If just see what happens Saturday, I am interested to see what happens Saturday. Uh, so, yeah, that's about all I got for you. So the Antarctic hole where we so the Antarctic hole where we put a monster is it true? Also, why does no country claim Antarctica? Should Trump claim Antarctica? Can you claim
1: a continent in Antarctica? A continent? You can't claim
0: continent. I mean, you can do whatever the hell you want. It's not populated. There's like the a couple like research stations on there. I don't see why you couldn't.
1: So they're like so nobody lives like long term in Antarctica, right? You can't. You die.
0: No, it's 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 uninhabited. There's there's there. Um, what am I trying to say? There are research stations where people live, kind of. There's communities throughout like parts of the year, but no one lives there full. No one is a resident of Antarctica. It's not populated. Should there's I, no
1: zip codes in Antarctica?
0: No, there's no zip codes in Antarctica. There's no really just like there's no any kind of society or really anything. So I don't know why they don't claim it. I'm gonna bet because it's really cold. But if you have some more juicy theories, that's fine. Should Trump claim Antarctica? I don't see why he wouldn't at this point. I mean, he tried to buy Greenland.
1: We're not. Uh, we're not answering the next question from this gentleman. We're not getting into that one.
0: It's our birds. Real look into it.
1: <laughs> I did laugh at least.
0: Con- that's from an account called Condiments or Numero Uno. I don't know what that means either. Hold. Okay. Why does Ole Miss continue to do this to themselves?
1: Because you have incompetent leadership, and that's that's what you get. And you've had it for a while now since Dan Jones left.
0: Well, you, you, you had incompetent leadership. Now you have none. And I guess you could debate which is worse. None are incompetence. Uh, yeah. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Why are academic institutions now being democratically appointed? That's an oxymoron in and of itself. You can't be appointed if you're... But I don't understand what that means. If Ole Miss goes... 0-2, oh do we start Conspiracy Theory Wednesdays?
1: Uh, man. Look, they go 0-2. We're going to have a lot to talk about on uh, Monday and Wednesday, but it's going to get to a point where, like, nobody's going to care when they're 3-8, and you know 8, and we're going to have to talk about some other stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, they go 0-2, and, and it's it's going to get boring really quick. I've got some human interest stuff up my sleeve. I've got a story I think I'm going to drop next week. I meant to drop the end of this week. Um See?
1: Did I tell you that Southeastern Louisiana is, like, good for FCS standards? So, that's going to be miserable for them, too.
0: I'm not going to get to there yet. Let's just take it. I mean, this with this I'm team in particular, saying. they take it one game at a time. I, I don't need to. I, I really don't write it. Anyway, yeah. So, we'll take it one game at a time. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. If they go 0-2, they were always going to struggle this year. I, I, that'll be worse than comprehension. I I don't know. I I'd I'd like to assess it once they get to 0-2 if that is going to be the case because I haven't actually fully wrapped my mind around what that would mean and how everything would go as far as just, I mean, it's everything. It's the the school, the football program, the lack of fan interest. This, this, Saturday, this four hours on Saturday from 6.30 to 10.30 is probably one of the more crucial of the Matt Luke era. I think you could have said that last week had Ole Miss won That was kind of his mulligan, basically the way I described it on Borky's podcast yesterday, which, by the way, I I didn't tell the full story when I deleted the podcast. Not only did I delete the Monday podcast, I did it while on Borky's show via Skype, which Borky forgot to record, so we recorded an hour off or not.
1: (laughs) Just killing the game over there.
0: Yeah, it's been a rough week as far as audio equipment for me. That second part wasn't my fault, but still... It's been a rough week. Uh, What was I saying? What was I saying? I forgot. Uh, Good question. Oh, if they go. Oh, 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 Matt Luke. Matt Luke. It was the mulligan reference. So basically, they had to go three and one in this first month, basically, to have any shot at a bowl game. There's no path to six wins. Borky already pointed out, and I think this is an interesting point if you really want to look at how daunting Ole Miss's task is. If Ole Miss wants to make a bowl now, they have to go three and five in the SEC.
1: And they got to beat
0: Cal. Well, yeah, that's a given. But yeah. they got to go 3-5 and five in the SEC.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's three wins in the SEC they can get, but it's not going to be easy.
0: Well, I get two of them, Arkansas and Vanderbilt, but what's the third?
1: You, you tell me they went in Columbia or in Starkville. I'm not shocked.
0: I still don't see in Columbia. I, I know Missouri looked bad last week. I know they lost to Wyoming. I I, I get all of that. I still don't necessarily see Ole Miss going up there and winning. I really don't.
1: Man, you lose to Wyoming, you lose to anybody. Wyoming's not even that good of a of a group of five teams.
0: That's fair. I just I, I still don't see it. I, I could see the egg bowl more than I could see uh I think I could see the egg bowl more than I could see Missouri even with the Wyoming loss. That's the take I'm going with. Oof. It's uh let's see, what's the next one? From week one, who impressed you the most and why was it Benito Jones? <laughs> Benito, uh, Benito Jones was
1: really good. Keydron Smith would be my
0: answer, though. I would say Lakia Henry. I yeah, think, he was good, too. Well, I, I would, I'm not disagreeing on Keydron Smith because he played a great game, but he was he was really good as a freshman, and there, there was a reason why he played such a big role last year. I would, I'm going to say Keydron Smith. I mean, I, I'm going to say Lakia Henry because you, there, was a, there was an element of the unknown there. You, you knew what you had in Smith, at least you thought you had a very good idea, assuming he was gonna take another step forward this year with regards to kinda of using his length better, tackling and space better, which he did both of those things very well on Saturday. I Lakia Henry was as good as advertised and I think that was that's important that's an important part of it. As good as advertised, because with a lot of those Juco kids sometimes you just don't know. Did uh
1: I hate to change topics here, but did you see where uh, Freeze is gonna be coaching from Saturday?
0: I did. We're let's 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 push all the good stuff to the end. We gotta make people listen to the whole podcast. This is how we <laughs> trap you. Let's uh let's see, let's, let's see. What's the next one? Oh, here's a pretty good question. Of the three true freshman quarterbacks, which one contributes the most over four to five in the next four to five years? Um I'll let you go first. I think I'm gonna say Grant Tisdale because I, was I just gonna don't to say him too. Yeah, I just don't know what they. I don't know what they have yet in Plumlee. I, I, Plumlee, yeah. I think maybe has a little bit more upside than Tisdale. But Tisdale's really polished. He came from a really, really good high school program. He he just carries himself in a way that I think he'll be a contributor. Plumlee is also not the biggest guy in the world. Tisdale's not huge, but Plumlee's not that big. And I think that's maybe a misconception with people. I'm not saying Plumlee. Like I'm going to say this and end up eating my words in a year and a half when Plumlee. Or two years, whatever. When Plumby gets his chance, and he ends up being pretty good, I think the safer bet right now is Tisdale, though.
1: Yeah, no, I would. I mean, he's a backup quarterback for a reason. Look, I understand he had the spring, but you go play ball at Allen High School in Texas, and he put up the numbers he did. You, you can play football. Uh, he was their first commitment of that class of, of from the quarterback. They they believe in him. Yeah, if I'm if I'm putting down money, it's, it's Grant Tisdale right now.
0: Shouts to my boy Ken K. Ditt, Raider Nation. I hope you proved me wrong. So, what is? I I really love our listenership, but this is this has just gotten weird. Someone someone responded to the Antarctica one and said, "Solid question there. There has to be a reason why no one wants to claim Antarctica. It's cold, man. <laughs> it's cold, man. But, it is cold. I'll grant you that. But then here's here's another one. I mean, it's it's." I'm going to start drug testing the audience Is there signs of water on Mars Because we lived there first And a comet that killed the dinosaurs Was a pod with Adam and Eve And starting the new world
1: I mean that makes you
0: think No that just makes me concerned Makes you think No that does not make me think This is a Listen Is there signs of water on Mars Because we lived there first And the comet that killed the dinosaurs Was a pod with Adam and Eve Starting a new world I don't know what that means Maybe read a book, Rip. A pod? I know who Adam and Eve are. <laughs> Thank God. No, what what is what was a pod with Adam and Eve? I don't understand that sentence.
1: I mean, I mean, may, maybe it goes deeper than us because because I'm with you. I don't I don't really get it either. I'm i good, do Like, did uh, you know who Adam and Eve are?
0: I, I do know who Adam and Eve are. I, I, I I'm very aware. We go way back. The
1: <laughs> Rippy goes to Sunday school.
0: The uh, I'm concerned with some of our listeners, but uh, I'll y'all be careful out there. Don't just eat everything people tell you. You too, uh, Bears' offense or Ole Miss offense? Ooh, ooh, man! If well, one, you have to judge this from Bears' offense versus NFL defenses, Ole Miss versus college. Obviously, I know he's kind of joking here.
1: Yeah, but I mean, Ole Miss has college players against the college defense too, and the Bears have NFL players against the, the Packers offense or the Packers defense.
0: No, I, I got that. That's that's my point. So what, like, what's that look like the rest of the way? I, I think I'm going to go Bears because you know none of the Bears players are 19 years old.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go Bears. Uh, yeah, but it, it's close. They're both not good. What was? I didn't th- think the Bears' offensive line was that atrocious, though. I thought Trubisky. Was
0: Trubisky played really bad, but again, it, he had moments last year. I'm not saying he's not limited because he is. But everyone loves to look at a number, one, like a first game standalone game, and make just drastic sweeping assumptions. Felipe Franks is a bum. Miami's offensive line is atrocious. Uh, I could go on and on. Mitch Trubisky sucks. Like all of those things may end up being true, but like let me see a few more because if he tears it up for the next three weeks and they start three and one, no one's going to remember this. The uh, the what's the next one? I keep getting I keep losing my place. What's more ridiculous? Hugh Freeze coaching from a hospital bed or Tennessee wanting to hire as head coach or offensive coordinator? So w- I, this was an oversight on my part. We never talked about on Monday and Wednesday about this Hugh Freeze hospital bed thing. It may be partially because we talked about it ad nauseum on the radio show, and I just forgot about it on Wednesday. And by the time we talked about it on Wednesday, or excuse me, on Monday. And by the time we had talked about it on Wednesday sh- Monday's radio show, I guess I was just tired of talking about it for Wednesday's podcast. You've all seen it by now. Hugh Freeze, who hates the spotlight and loves to stay in the shadows and keep to himself. loves the Lord, too. Coach from a hospital bed for the Liberty game against uh, Syracuse last week. In an effort to show how much he loves football and how much he loves his players and was not at all hiding the fact that they had negative rushing yards and scored zero points. The 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 intention was to not put put the spotlight on himself. I'm going to put this out there before I let anyone else comment. He was not trying to draw attention to himself. He said so, so much himself while he was being interviewed.
1: From the hospital bed during the
0: game. That was not trying to put attention on himself. I
1: was just going to say, that's the underrated part of that. He got interviewed during the football game, so obviously he did not want people to see that because, you know, most coaches get interviewed during the game.
0: He is so selfless that on his media tour, after coaching from a hospital bed, he has made sure to point out that he did it out of a love for his players.
1: you got to understand, too, that uh, he didn't call those plays on first and second down. He only called them on third, so... Them sucking on first and second—that was not his fault.
0: The good thing about he freezes—he always likes to be the smartest person in the room. So he was the smartest person in that hospital bed.
1: That's a good point. That's a good point.
0: No one can be smarter than you if you're the only one in the bed.
1: I mean, math tells you that.
0: This yeah, week he's, he's and there's been the plenty of times where he hasn't been the only one in the bed. So, yeah,
1: the other person was paid to be there, but that's another story.
0: Um, I, 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 I just, I, I roll. Look. I saw this driving home from Memphis, and it took me – to this doesn't matter at all, but it it took me – Memphis, I went Batesville in 55 up to the game, but on the way back, it took me around Memphis, like through Holly Springs where you're on the two-lane highways and all that. And I got that notification that Freeze was coaching for a hospital bed, and I almost died because I almost ran off the road into a ditch. I was like, there's no way this is real. And then I was trying to pull up the photo, and I was like, oh, my God, this is real. And it's just—it scored zero points. It's—it's it's so bizarre and it's nauseating. And if it would be all those other things, if it wasn't just the utmost sad. I, yeah. I, I
1: just—I. Uh, I, well, well, this week he's improved his game, though.
0: Yeah. So as we were recording, news is broken that he's going to coach this week in a dental chair. Because they go Who the hell, coaches from a dental chair. It says it's more comfortable. Well, they go they go to Louisiana Lafayette, whose press box was apparently built in 1971. I can't believe I have a Yahoo story up about this. Reading about this, so they can't fit a hospital bed in the press box, so they're going to try a dental chair. So it doesn't sound like it's a comfort thing. It sounds like it's a practicality thing. So I, I just whatever, uh, man, let him do what he wants. But I'll tell you this much. People that are trying to – major programs are looking at this, and they're not they're, – that is not helping them hire because basically – Well,
1: you, you know, look, that's probably not helping, but the zero points and negative rushing yards probably didn't help either. But
0: that's what he – see, that's what – see – I guess people that get angry about this stuff or, like, roll their eyes. But, like, uh, people talking about it is mission accomplished for him. He went on the number one sports podcast in the country, Pardon My Take, to talk about it. Like, oh, dear God, did he really? Yeah, he went on Pardon My Take on Monday. Oh. He he's, he's done this media tour. He's done the national radio shows. Us talking about Hugh Freeze coaching from a hospital bed was mission accomplished because he's okay. coaching at Liberty. He is not—
1: well, I make a like, vow he, from now on that we don't talk about
0: it. Okay, fine, but I, I still want to make fun of it. Uh, so these it's mission accomplished him us talking about it him in his the way Hugh Freeze thinks about things is man I'm coaching at Liberty I'm not in the spotlight no one's talking about me how can I get the attention on me oh I know I'll play playing a hospital bed and to show how much I love football I'm not so to excited. mention if you get dressed up in the full uniform garb head coaching garb you're healthy enough to do all of that with the stupid hat included but you can't you can't get out of a hospital bed
1: I'm sure so excited to see what his next trick
0: is. Scoring points would probably help.
1: Yeah, it'd probably help because if you, if you didn't have negative rushing yards and, you know, zero points. Uh, you might want to win a game. That would probably help.
0: I don't care. I'll say it. He's a sociopath. Comes with the territory.
1: That's, that's, that's a little bit uh, there, are, there are sociopaths that take offense to that because I think he goes deeper than that.
0: Would you? All right, that's, uh, that's enough you Freeze for today. Would you rather eat veggie burgers the rest of your life or the only dessert you can ever eat is fruitcake? I'd probably jump uh, off a of bridge. The bench. only
1: dessert I can ever eat is fruitcake.
0: I, I don't want either of those.
1: I mean, I, you can't go without burgers, man.
0: Yeah. The second part of that guy's question about Freeze, by the way, because there was a follow-up. I don't think it's ridiculous that Tennessee wanted to hire him as an OC or a head coach because you beat Alabama in this industry, and no one has that on their resume other than a man named Dabo Sweeney. And uh, I got Seven Sumlin once, right?
1: Oh, I thought I didn't hear you say twice.
0: Bye yeah, bye. well, point. Point B. Hey, hey, wait, wait, just a second here. Damn it, less miles. Yeah, that's fair too. But you kind of get my point. Like, no, yeah, I know, I get it. Yeah. It, like that—that's going to carry a ton of weight. It carried a ton of weight at Ole Miss. Hell, like he didn't get—he didn't get shit for losing the West Wait. after beating Alabama, or, or, Alabama, LSU, Auburn, and Mississippi State. Like that carries a lot of weight. I'm uh, just trying to
1: think. Malzahn's beaten twice, hasn't he?
0: I—I I, I don't. I think no. Gus has only beaten him that one year. there.
1: Yeah, Gus beat him the kick six. Uh, yeah, twice. They beat him the year Gus went to the uh, title game.
0: You get my point, though. It's, no,
1: yeah. I'm just trying to. I'm literally just trying to think of people that have beaten him twice.
0: Yeah, so that carries a lot of weight. I get he, I get teams being interested in him because he did beat Alabama twice. He is a pretty good offensive football coach. He recruits well no matter what you want to say about the tactics. I'm not getting into that today. Well, all right. But I it's mean, all the look, other bullshit that comes with
1: it. Would, would he recruit the same way in the SEC after all this stuff?
0: Yeah, he got a four-star to Liberty, man.
1: Okay. I mean, fair enough.
0: The... I'm making sure I didn't miss any. I'm still trying to understand why the school was asking for input before they hire a new chancellor. I thought that was the job of the board of directors. All right, I guess hey. I'll use this as a time to get into this yesterday. So yeah, you, you went
1: to the listening session.
0: So go ahead. No, I didn't go. Oh. I, I'll tell. I'll tell you a story. I didn't go to the listening session. It was during. I thought about it, just going to cover it, see what it's like. I was like, no, this is a waste of time. They're streamed on. They're streamed. I don't want to watch the stream anyway. Richard puts it on during one of our commercial breaks on the radio show yesterday. And at that point, Richard puts it on. He has the volume up. And I'm thinking, this thing can't be as bad as I think it's going to be, right? Surely it's not going to be that bad. There's going to be some good merit to this, maybe some frustrations voice. At least letting the student body or whoever, the faculty, whoever wants to get stuff off their chest, let them yell at it even if it doesn't matter. I turn on, we turn on the thing. Richard turns the volume up. I, I, I am not kidding as soon as he pressed the unmute button, there's an elder, there's an older gentleman going and this attention-seeking AOC wannabe right here talking about climate change, and I'm just like, "Oh my god, cut it off. Cut it off." Like I I it just it blows my mind the continuous stupidity and just lack of efficiency in how anything is handled at this school. It's they have a 39-person committee some of whom are barely old enough to legally drink on it to refine the candidate to refer to another committee to hire a chancellor in the name of logic and efficiency. How does that make any sense? What do, these, think, what do these listening I, sessions do? No, you're supposed to hire a chancellor. A chancellor is a glorified fundraising job i'm not trying to make the chancellor's job sound easy i'm not trying to make this sound like an easy process but my god why are you discussing climate change at a meeting to find a chancellor i had some guy who appears to teach at old miss say come on man i know you're joking but that's definitely something the chancellor would deal with what chancellor in america's qualifications got them the job because their stance on climate change it's a fundraising job man you ask people for money, you kind of steer the university, you do whatever, you're a figurehead. None of this matters. Why are you making this so complicated? Why Why are you having these listening sessions? What good is this going to do? Just find the right guy and pick him. Have four or five people in power that kind of know what they're doing That say, we're going to take the reins of this and pick a candidate. There's a dude in Arizona that wants your job. Yeah, he does. It's, it's, he it's, what, the and they're, they're sitting there He's having listening Robert sessions. They like get it's. it's it's laughable. And I just don't understand the lack of self-awareness amongst people. Ole Miss has continuously tripped over its own whatever you want to use. Feet, whatever else, appendage, whatever you want to say, for years. And the lack of self-awareness amongst people to have like, man, we look like idiots. Let's try something else is astonishing to me.
1: There is a it guy is a astonishing. There's a guy in Tucson that wants your job. There's a guy in Robert Forrest that wants your job. They're both qualified candidates. Would do a great job. Ole Miss is going to probably screw this up and hire some retired. No kidding,
0: they're going to screw it up.
1: I mean, it, it is it is baffling, and this is one of this is the biggest hire in the University of Mississippi uh, past I don't know fifty years because you're at a you at a crossroads at a lot of places. You're struggling at in-state recruiting. I can get into why you're doing that, but that's a lot. Is of it
0: though? I, I'm not discounting. There's there's I, I, I'll look at I'll, I'll counter with this. I don't necessarily disagree that this isn't. I'm not saying this is an unimportant hire, but does it really matter that you get it precisely that much? Because I'd argue there's a whole pool and, of people that could do a decent job. There's, the problem is the last one was such an extreme disaster that people feel like they have to well, get it sure, perfect, and you but don't. If, Just if don't hire, hire an another, imbecile.
1: If you hire another Jeff Bitter, you're, you're screwed.
0: Right, like, but you know how hard it is to hire someone that incompetent? Do you know how hard that is? With the amount of people, you just name two, three people off the top of your head that can oh, do an okay job and keep the ship in between the keep the car in between the lines, the ship away from icebergs, whatever stupid cliche you want to use. You there's a number of those people. Do you know how hard it is to hire someone as incompetent as Vitter? That's exactly yeah, my point. But, you don't have to get this perfect. Just hire someone competent, I, and these listening sessions saying, do nothing.
1: Goldman is basically sitting there saying, "Hold my beer," because they're trying. by God,
0: it, it's just it's it's baffling to me. How do you how do you look There's at that? What happened at those listing? Se- how do you look at what happened at those listing sessions yesterday and not cancel every other one? It's embarrassing. You're embarrassing the school. And yes, it, 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 you, could you argue it's impossible to embarrass the school or embarrass the state or anyone that has their name on a degree from Ole Miss any more than you already have? You can make that argument, but they're trying. It's it's <laughs> it's a joke. I don't yep. really care if this makes people mad either. Someone needs to just kind of wake up and be like, hey everyone running this thing, whoever's running this thing, is not doing it the right way. Like, the other schools, every school, I was talking about this with Richard yesterday. Every school has its problems. Nobody creates its own, more problems for itself oh, than Ole Miss. that's a
1: really good point.
0: Yeah, Every Everybody school does have problems. issues, but they don't have these kind of issues. And the sto- the source of the issues are, are not the institution most of the time. Ole Miss creates more problems for itself because it's just, it's incompetent. It's, 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 I don't want to say it's infuriating because at this point I don't I don't care if they want to be stupid that's fine but it's just it, it's it's baffling I'll put it that way it is baffling.
1: So I, look not to get off this this ties in a little bit you know the 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 nine oh one the people that were on campus I guess in February during, you know <laughs> marching and stuff they're going to be back on Saturday I got to ask this do you think the football team kneels on Saturday?
0: No I don't I don't.
1: I don't either, but God, it's going to be miserable. I mean, it's going to be a miserable setting with those people being there. And if they do, good God, we have more to talk about on Monday.
0: I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't anticipate that being a thing again. I could be wrong, but that's not even really the point. It's just the fact that I, 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 it's shocking to me that it's gotten to the point where it's kind of like they just do stuff, and it's like yesterday. I was talking to my a couple of my roommates last night who went to school at Ole Miss. Um and have since graduated it it it's everything they do though the they announced the party deck thing I guess we'll just get all into it all at once here oh, and then' I'll, that'll be the end of it. The party deck thing where they promised these party decks with televisions and everything and then said they weren't structurally sound and basically just put up tents that made it look like basically like a similar thing to firefest. I mean people were making jaw rule jokes i I just i why why announce that why put photos to it? If the party decks, unless you're 100% sure that they're going to happen, why would you do that? Because they're incompetent. Okay, no, Okay, fine, fine, whatever. Second part. No, no, second part. Second part. Why, once you they figure out they're structurally unsound or whatever the excuse is, why in the hell would you voluntarily take pictures of those shitty tits that well, cover up, up three rows and have nothing that look nothing like the original renderings and say... Looking great, or whatever the hell it said when it put out. Why would you voluntarily put those pictures out and say, Look, we did something? Uh, I, okay, I just, okay. I, I, it's how do you, like, my point about my roommates? My roommates were sitting there last night, they like, and I had the same reaction when those photos surfaced on the internet. I was like, There's no way this is real. This is somebody photoshopping something. This is a joke. And they both had the exact same reaction. They had a hard time believing it's real. Don't you know that's when you're bad at your job? Well, if that's, if that's, if, if people are having struggling to believe that it's a real photo put out by the university and not someone photoshopping and screwing with you, don't you know that's pretty bad?
1: In fairness to the university, the, the, the first pictures I saw were from the Daily Mississippian, so I didn't I didn't know that the university sent them out on their own. Michael that, that Thompson put it
0: out on his Twitter account.
1: Yeah, I, I saw that yesterday. I just I saw the uh, the the DM uh, Griffin tweet. Some photos first. I didn't I didn't realize that Ole Miss had, had put it out first.
0: That I they may not have put it out first. I might be wrong in that. I'll look it up right now. But go ahead.
1: Speaking of which and, and I don't we'll get into it. the DM's doing really good work nowadays. Uh, they, they had some good stories yesterday. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into it, but if you got the time, go read the DM from yesterday. Um, but in saying that yeah, the 40 party decks look really bad. Uh, it's just kind of a like it, to me, it's not so much, oh, the party deck sucks. It's they, these, this fan base, and I don't necessarily blame them, we will get pissed off about anything right now. It is the continuance
0: okay? of over-promising and under-delivering.
1: Yeah, and that's just yeah, a
0: small example because who cares? It's a party yeah, deck. Your student, your, student your student section sucks. Your student section is shitty. Your student section is a sauna because, again, no one thought it through. No one uses their brain. But be that as it may, that's fine. The party deck's not even that big of a deal. But, like, my God. This was the tweet yesterday. The picture was taken at 11 a.m. Great shade in the student section if we have a morning kickoff. TVs and fans charging stations being installed. Now, there's seven rows of shade in this thing. The tents cover up seven rows. Yeah, it's bad right
1: now, man. I mean, I, it, I don't want to get into everything. but Universities at a crossroads, they got a lot of people that are in charge that don't need to be in charge.
0: It's uh it's just astonishing to me. I it, it's it's that's about all I got on it. Uh football yeah.
1: team being bad is not great, but I feel like, you know, the leadership within the football team is the least of all this problems right now.
0: Yeah. That's just it's just I mean, that's a small example. Like, yes, no one's really gonna care in the end about like party decks. And you know that not being exactly what it was, and it being a tent, whatever. But man, when when you're already in a position where people are looking for reasons to point at your incompetence, why voluntarily do something like that?
1: Yeah, that that, that that's, that's the kicker. If people are already pissed off. Don't don't kick the hornet's nest. And Ole Miss is just stomping on the hornet's net, nest, Hornet while laughing at it.
0: Yeah, and just being like, sting us again. Uh, so. I missed one from earlier. The very first mail back Friday we got. Uh, here we go. Word on the street is Matt Luke loves to play Fortnite. Can you confirm? I I did not I, confirm that,
1: but I respect that.
0: I think that's a joke because oh. I, Matt Luke does not strike me as a Fortnite guy. So no, I does not either. I'm gonna. No, din-
1: I do wonder his kids are like of the age to play Fortnite, so maybe he gets in with them
0: possibly, I don't know, at what score at what score or time in the game will the Rebel fans leave the stadium if losing uh, I think you could have taken the last part out, they'll probably leave at halftime regardless <laughs> the students will yeah, exactly, I, I don't think you needed the qualifier so, anyway, I missed that one, we'll move on that's enough Enough ranting about just the way everything is run at the school uh, Just someone please God, use their brain when in doubt use your brain that that's the way I'll end it.
1: You want to make some uh, SEC picks this week?
0: We've got a few more questions. We can get to that. Yep. We'll, we'll give them a long show today. Ole Miss beats Arkansas if blank. Offensive They're line left points. side blocks better.
1: Yeah, no, I was being a douche. Uh, I tell you what, if Ole Miss rushes for 115 yards, they will win the football game.
0: Okay. I'm going to say blocks off Arkansas's front better, particularly on the left side. They got to figure out something at center, and they got to figure out something at left tackle. Yep. Do you think the Ole Miss offense finally settles down and starts moving the ball and lets the defense and let the defense steady improve? I don't really know what the first really has to do with the second. I'll answer the first part of your question. I, I think I don't think it will be as bad as last week offensively because in their three possessions in the second half, they moved it into Memphis territory every time. Their fourth possession was the one play. That resulted in a safety So even Braylon Sanders being out hurts uh, Actually I shouldn't say that Matt Luke said Braylon Sanders was quote Very limited in practice on Wednesday And will be a game time decision Reading in between the lines there Braylon Sanders is probably not playing That makes it tougher because you don't really have An established receiver other than Elijah Moore even with all that, if the offensive line is any better at all, if they mix it up at all and get any better results, I think the offense will move the football better. I do. I don't know how much better, but I don't think it will look as bad as it did against Memphis. Yeah,
1: no, I think that's fair. Look, I think they're going to look a little bit better on offense this week. Uh, I think the defense plays well again. I think Ole Miss gets out of there with the 28-21, 28-24 victory.
0: If uh, My thing with, about that is, though, is the Ole Miss defenses might get attacked in a different way than Memphis did because Rakeem Boyd destroyed this defense last year before he was knocked out of the game. Seven carries, 119 yards, a couple more out of the backfield. I think he broke a 69-yard touchdown run. He was really, really good. He's a big bruising back that runs between the tackles well. Ole Miss didn't necessarily fare well against that last week. Memphis didn't do a ton of it for whatever reason. We talked about that earlier. There's a chance to Rakeem Boyd like slowly and slowly gashes them. They need to fare better against that type of running style. So that will be an interesting point to watch. Can Ole Miss contain Rakeem Boyd between the tackles? Because their other guy, Devwa Whaley, they like to use out of the backfield. Kind of more of a... I hate using the term scat back, but they get him in space. He catches balls out of the backfield. He plays the slot. He's a different type of runner. But Rakeem Boyd torped Ole Miss last year before he got knocked out of the game. Arkansas probably wins the football game if Boyd gets not, doesn't get knocked out last year. So can Ole Miss contain Rakeem Boyd? Can they keep him under four yards of carry? Can they get him in the three, three-ish range? That would be a huge key in whether this game's won or lost.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's a really good back. If Ole Miss does a good job of corralling him, I'm not sure that Ben Ben Hicks or Nick Starfield are ready to beat you through the air. So,
0: with, uh, uh, with Robbie Ashford coming in next year, Ole Miss will have five QBs on scholarship, or do you think one or two will leave? I think there will always be some attrition. I guess I won't rule out there being five scholarship quarterbacks, but I would imagine there's some kind of roster attrition.
1: I think you lose one after this
0: year. How badly is Rich... How badly is Rich Rodriguez play calling affected with our atrocious offensive line? I don't know exactly what you're asking there. I will revert back to my theory that I put back on Sunday on Monday's podcast. I think the offensive line, the first couple of series, was so bad, and Memphis was so much in Ole Miss's backfield and in Matt Corral's face and in Scotty Phillips as soon as he got the ball that it threw off how Rich Rod wanted to call the game. I think he was generally lost as to what to do because when your offensive line performs that bad, yes, there's ways around it screens, get the ball out on the perimeter quickly, whatever. But it can screw up. If you have a script, particularly that early in the game, it can really screw up what you were trying to do or what you thought you were going to do when you went in, going into the game. Yeah,
1: look, they, they had a game plan going in, and, and look, give them a little credit, they did a lot better in the second half with it. Um, my criticism of Rich Rod would be that they didn't get away from what they wanted to do quick enough in the first half, and that's why the, they, there was an opportunity there to at least get a field goal on the board. I know Logan missed the field goal, uh, the real long one, but I, I, just, I think they tried to put a, a square peg in a round hole for too long in the first half. Uh, second half, obviously, much better. Just didn't have enough time.
0: What has the rebel What have the rebels worked on the most since last Saturday to write the ship and prepare for Arkansas? I mean, that's not necessarily how college practices work. Obviously, they work on things well more so than anything. I would say they If you're talking about what is centered, the coaching staff's focus is finding a seven man re- combination on the offensive yeah. line, or even a five man. You got to find five starters ready. that are confident. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this some on Wednesday show. I think they're waiting to see if Nick Broker and Bryce Ramsey can handle it, if they can handle SEC snaps, if Nick Broker can give them sufficient play at left tackle as a true freshman, which is a tall order because you, you don't see true freshman left tackles play a lot. Laramie Tunsil didn't start his first game. Greg Little only started five games his freshman year. He played in all 12. They played in all 12. But they didn't start all five. And those are blue-chip recruits that are going to have careers in the NFL. I mean, obviously, Tunsell already has one. Little is, his is kind of taking off. Point being, it's very hard. And so that's a gamble sometimes with long odds. And so I think they're waiting on that. I think they're waiting to see if Bryce Ramsey can be competent at center. Because if not... They're going to have to put Bryce Matthews at left tackle or someone and just kind of ditch the idea of versatility, and they're going to have to put Ben Brown at center and find another guard, whether that's Jalen Cunningham, whether that's someone else. The reshuffling, I don't know exactly how it's going to go, but that's been their focus this week is the reshuffling on the offensive line And ideally, they want eight guys. Broker's the seventh. They played six in the opener. They need a Jalen Cunningham, a redshirt freshman, to step up. If Bryce Ramsey can, that's great. It's Chandler to it. It's some kind of guard like that that they need to be a lot better and they need to be able to rely on. But the coaching staff just can't trust them at this point. And, man, if you're thinking if those guys can't trust them, given how bad the starting five was this this past week, that should tell you everything you need to know about their lack of trust, if that makes sense. And so yep. if you're looking at one central focus this week, it's how is the offensive line reshuffled, what combinations did they use, and which one produces a competent result? Yep. Uh,
1: we'll find out on Saturday. They're going to play a few more guys on the offensive line on Saturday, and you will we'll see how they produce.
0: What is your prediction for the season now? I'm going to stick with my preseason prediction of five and seven. Yes, I will acknowledge there's probably a better chance that they end up worse than that at this rate and with what I've, what we've seen so far. But I don't think my prediction is out of reach yet. I'll go five and seven.
1: Yeah, I'm going to drop mine from six and six to five and seven simply because I had them beating Memphis.
0: Fair enough. Let's see if we missed any questions. How much alcohol will be consumed to get me will I need to consume to get me through this season? A lot. All of it. Yeah. Just, just all of it. I believe that's all the mailbag Friday questions we had. I wanna make sure I don't i gonna make sure I didn't miss anything. I believe that's all the mailbag Friday questions we had. Unless you had some more.
1: No, I'm good.
0: Okay. So we'll get into old Miss Arkansas a little bit. I'll give you we we'll, basically what we'll do here is I'll get into three things I'm looking for in Old Miss Arkansas. And then we'll get into maybe some gambling picks for the weekend, and then we'll get out of here. Fair enough? Yeah. So, I'll give you three things I'm looking for in Ole Miss Arkansas. I'm going to end up eventually start writing a Friday column, basically, that's three things I think, three things I know, and three things I want to see. So, I'll give you maybe the oral version of that three things I know is if Ole Miss won't have a chance if they put together a similar offensive line performance. They're going to have to change things up on the offensive line. I won't get too much into that because we just rehashed that five minutes ago. If you have short-term memory loss, just press. We rhymed about six times, and you should get back there. The second thing I'm looking for is I know Ole Miss will be better actually, I don't know this. I know Arkansas will test Ole Miss in similar ways that Memphis did in terms of getting the ball out in space and seeing if Ole Miss is actually a better tackling team in space, but I think, as we mentioned earlier, or I know, Arkansas is going to run Rakeem Boyd between the tackles more than Patrick Taylor was run between the tackles and more frequently, can Ole Miss hold up against that? The third thing I know is that, I guess this is really the second thing as well, but the third thing I know is that Ole Miss doesn't really have a proven receiver on the field this weekend other than Elijah Moore. Who steps up and creates separation? Who's able to kind of be Matt Corral's go-to guy? I know that sounds simplistic and cliched, but who is he going to be comfortable throwing to other than Moore? Is it Miles Battle? Is it Dontario Drummond? Is it Demarcus Gregory? They need another receiver to be productive.
1: Yeah. Um, I completely agree on that last point. Miles Battle... Uh, DeMarcus Gregory, uh, I mean, with with Braylon out, they're going to have to have some guys. Jonathan Mingo, somebody's got to step up and go make plays uh, because they, they've counted on that position a lot the past few years, and, and they're going to counter it a lot on Saturday. Somebody's got to go help Matt Corral out and make a play. So I, I'm certainly fascinated to see who that's going to be.
0: Three things I think. Number one thing I think is I think Arkansas will flash two quarterbacks in this game. If you listen to Wednesday's podcast, Kelly Stacey, who's the beat writer for The Athletic, was on. And she pretty much, not guaranteed, but said, yeah, I think you'll see two quarterbacks. There are A lot of people still think in Arkansas, we had Trey Shap from 10. I don't know the number of the buzz in Little Rock. He still thinks that there's a good chance Nick Starkle ends up winning this job. I think you'll see two quarterbacks. How does Ole Miss handle that? What, In what capacity do you see Nick Starkle with Ben Hicks being the starter? That'll be interesting to watch. The second thing I think is I think Ole Miss's offense will be better. I think they'll move the football better. Can they block better? Can they put the ball in the end zone? Are they good in the red zone? I don't know. I'm interested to find out. I think the Ole Miss offense will be better. And the third thing I think... I think Ole Miss creates two turnovers this week. I think the defense either gets an interception or forces a couple fumbles. I think they create multiple turnovers, and I think one of them comes in a big spot. I don't know if Ole Miss is going to win this game, but I think they'll be able to turn Arkansas over a couple times.
1: Yeah. Um, if Ole Miss turns them over a couple of times, I think Ole Miss wins the football game. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I think if Ole Miss gets two or more turnovers, they're going to come out of Bald Hemingway Stadium with, their, with a one, one record.
0: The last thing I'll get into is three things I'm interested to find out. Is Matt Corral, I'd like to, like, this is kind of chapter two for him as you kind of gauge, gauge data, is the sample size slowly gets larger? Can he be more accurate? Can he look a little bit more comfortable in the pocket? Can he make better reads on some of the read options or the running options when he moves out and they move the pocket? Does Matt Corral look sharper and look more controlled in the offense? Because he looked a little flustered last week. I think him getting hit often and Memphis being so much in Ole mrs. backfield early really kind of, I don't want to say got to him, because I don't think he was completely rattled, but I think it flustered him a little bit. Can he look more like what they what the coaching staff sees in practice, I would say, in terms of the accuracy. And can he be the guy that, you know, he was kind of anointed this season? Can he put together a performance that would, I guess, breed optimism into the coaching staff or the fan base or interested parties watching? What does he look like in week two? The second thing I am eager to find out is the carries dispersion amongst the Ole Miss running backs. Scotty Phillips got 19 carries last week. Jaron Ely only got four total touches. And Stoop Connor only got one. That's definitely not by design. Rich Rodriguez acknowledged as much, but it was a product of Ole Miss not being on the field a lot. A ton of three and outs. They only got 52 offensive snaps off. That's less than ideal for Ole Miss. I'm interested to find out what the carries dispersion looks like because I don't think it'll look anything similar to last week. If they do, Ole Miss is in trouble.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. If, if they have to rely on Scotty Phillips that much, and can't get Eagly or, or Stu Connor the ball, then that's a that's a sign of you know not success. So yeah, I, I think I think both those guys are going to. Yeah, I think if combined they get fifteen carries
0: or so. The third thing I'm interested to find out, and this is kind of a cop out because I used it as the one thing I know earlier, what offensive line combination works, and how many guys are they able to play if the result is competent? Like. Who ends up playing where? What is their best offensive line combination? Do you find that out this week? I don't know. I'm eager to find out.
1: <laughs> uh, that's the most fascinating story this week is the offensive line, without a doubt. I mean, I don't know how much else we can say. They're going to play a few more guys. We'll see how they perform. They need them.
0: So that's everything I had. If you want to, you can. More than welcome to write those down. So. When you're giving the whiskey-eyed squint as you stumble into the stadium and want some pointers to look at for the game, I got you covered. So write that shit down. Um, That's about all I have on that. Yeah, you're welcome. That's about all I had on that. Uh, Let's see, let's see. Any locks this weekend?
1: Uh, Locks, no. No, I don't have any
0: locks. Army plus 22.5 against Michigan.
1: Ooh, see, if I was betting that game, I'd go the other way. But,
0: I don't think so. I think Army is at, will be able to hold the ball long enough to where Michigan might not be able to score enough to win by 22. I like that. was so bad last
1: week against Rice,
0: though. So. Fair enough, but I, I I think the triple option will screw with them. Okay. Uh, I like Vanderbilt plus seven against Purdue. Okay, I'll tell
1: you what. Let's go through uh, the SEC games that aren't versus SCS at the
0: opponents. Okay, I'm just going to go through all of these. I, uh... I, I don't I, I like Vanderbilt. I actually like Vanderbilt to win that game. I think Vanderbilt goes in there and wins. You think they go into West Lafayette to beat Purdue? I do. Purdue okay. lost to Nevada last week. They did. They did lose to Nevada. I thought that. I think uh I, I think I think Vanderbilt goes in and wins that game. I like West or Missouri minus thirteen and a half against West Virginia. I'm not saying I like that. You told me to go through SEC games. What Yeah,
1: I I, I actually really like Missouri.
0: Bounce back week, West Virginia's awful. Here's another interesting one. Cincinnati plus fifteen o against Ohio State. Cincinnati was an 11-win team last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. A really good team again this year. And I'll point out, I may have pointed only pointed this out on the radio show, or I may have done it on Wednesday's podcast. So, Ohio State got up 28 to nothing, but for the last three quarters, FAU outscored them 21-17. I know some it of did. them was coasting it and there's being probably vanilla. I'm not going to be that guy. Totally, but I I think that's telling because I was listening to Joel Clatt on Calhur, who called the game, and he was like, "Look, they have some issues. Like, then FAU's tight end tore them up. They gave up a lot of yardage. I I, I think this could be close. I'm not sure if 15s enough points for Cincinnati, but this could be interesting.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's an state game. I, you tell me that game's close in the fourth quarter.
0: I'm not shocked. Texas A&M plus 17 and a half against Clemson.
1: I'm laying Clemson.
0: I don't know what to make of that game. I'd like to see just for entertainment purposes A&M and go make that interesting. I, I don't feel great about that. Mississippi State, minus put 16.5 against Southern Miss. I'm going to take the Golden Eagles. I think I will as well because State didn't look very good against ULL last week and I think Southern is probably a little bit better than you. Actually, I won't say that. Yeah, I will. Southern. State. I think State wins the game though. I don't think that game's ever actually that close, but I think I, I, I don't think State's ever in danger of losing that. But I'm not sure they win by three touchdowns. Yep. BYU Tennessee. Tennessee's minus three and a half.
1: Ugh, I'm gonna lay Tennessee and hold my nose.
0: I got no idea on that one. To be honest, I guess Tennessee.
1: BYU's atrocious.
0: LSU has gone to minus six and a half over Texas.
1: Lay them. Really? Lay them. LSU's going to kill them. They're going to win
0: by 14. I'm in a real predicament here because I've pumped Joe Burrow up on the radio show all offseason. But Texas is a six and a half point underdog bringing back what they bring back in that last Sugar Bowl appearance being in my mind. I don't know Lay about up. that. Okay. Auburn minus 17 against Tulane. Tulane has been very good. I'm taking Tulane. Mississippi. Uh, that's Ole Miss. Oops. Uh, Ole Miss minus six and a half against Arkansas. I'd go Arkansas. I'm taking Arkansas, but I think Ole Miss wins the
1: football game.
0: That's all the SEC one. Stanford and USC line on this site that I have pulled up has gone offline, mostly because I'm, Costello was ruled out. That's a yeah, backup I quarterback, boy.
1: Don't know if ball. On
0: Costello. No, Costello is out. They ruled him out last night.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know what
0: that'll do to the line. I, I have no idea there. Miami's a minus. Miami's minus five on the road against Phil Longo and company. them. Really?
1: Yeah, I think Miami beats
0: them by fourteen to twenty-one. Yeah. I'm just going to go through and see if there's any other interesting ones. No NFL. We'll just go through all of them.
1: Okay. Minnesota
0: minus four against. Atlanta.
1: I'm going to take Atlanta, but I don't feel comfortable comfortable about
0: that. Uh, I like Atlanta too. I picked Atlanta to win the NFC South on the radio show. Oh, dear God. Well, Matt Ryan had a hell of a year last year, but they were so decimated by injuries in the first five weeks. You really just, Atlanta stood no chance because of what happened to them on the defensive side of the football in the first month of the season. But Matt Ryan had a really productive year. They added some nice pieces on both sides of the ball in free agency. I think they could be really good. I, yes, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'm
1: a new Falcons fan. I adopted them as my NFL team. So, go Falcons.
0: Well, the only reason they were bad last year is because that was one. Of, if You know there's one team in the NFL every year, or maybe one or two, that's just, they're, Like you can't blame stuff on injuries, but at a certain point, it's just like, okay, this team can't compete. That was yeah. Atlanta last year, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. It's, just, it's almost like you feel bad for them. I don't know what to make of the NFC South, to be completely honest, because Carolina has a schedule where they could easily win 11 games. Then you have the Saints, and then you have the Falcons, and even Tampa Bay will be a frisky team to deal with. I think they could be like two years ago, where the NFC South had three playoff teams.
1: Yeah, I think that's
0: possible for sure. So, uh, I uh, let's see. Washington plus 10 against the Eagles. I'm gonna take Washington and cry. Whatever. It's a huge spread in the NFL. I think I probably will too. Jets minus two and a half against the Bills. I'll go the Sam Darnold. Oh at, yeah. In New York, yeah, like at New that. York. Miami is a six and a half point home dog against the Ravens. I think I'm taking Lamar Jackson.
1: I'm going to take Miami because that line doesn't make any sense. I feel like they should be higher than that.
0: Like more th- than that at yeah, home?
1: I think I think I think the Ravens should be like minus eight. So why are they minus six and a half? So Vegas is
0: stricken people. Okay, so I'm going to do the same thing on the next one. Tampa Bay is a one-point favorite at home against San Francisco. I'm going to take Tampa Bay.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, because that do not make any sense. And that that's going across the country. I'm sure they're kicking off at 9 o'clock
0: their time. Yeah, it's a 1 p.m. kickoff, Tampa yeah. Bay. Or noon our time, you get what I mean. Yeah. Kansas City is a minus 3.5-point road favorite against Jacksonville. I'm going to take Jacksonville. Mahomes is on my fantasy team, so Kansas City, <laughs> Tennessee Titans plus five and plus five. Excuse me, on the road at Cleveland. I like the Titans in this. I'm not saying this because I'm a Titans fan. I, I like
1: the Titans too.
0: The Rams are a one point road favorite against the Panthers. Oh, man. One and a half.
1: Yeah, Carolina's winning that football game. Uh, that that line shrink has shrunk too. So yeah, I'm taking the Panthers.
0: Detroit minus two and a half on the road against Arizona. And Kyra Murray's debut. Oh
1: God, that line, thats a trap. Arizona.
0: I'll go Detroit because I just talked him up earlier. I have no idea what to make. I'm not betting any of these, but like no. Cincinnati plus nine and a half against the Seahawks. I'll go Cincinnati. I'm gonna,
1: like, I'm gonna like ten with the Seahawks.
0: I'll go Cincinnati. Indianapolis plus six and a half against the Chargers. I like the Chargers.
1: Oh um, I'll take the Colts.
0: New York Giants, this line has gotten bigger. Seven-and-a-half-point road dogs at at Dallas in the late afternoon game on Sunday. I like the Giants. That's a Sunday
1: night game, isn't it? I'm pretty
0: sure. No, Sunday night Steelers-Pats.
1: Oh, okay. Okay, cool.
0: It's usually Uh, the Sunday night game. I thought it was, too. I think I like the Giants if you get it at seven-and-a-half.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take Dallas. I I think the Giants are going to be really bad.
0: Pittsburgh. Uh, or New England minus six at home Sunday night football against the Patriots. Patriots always throw up a clunker at the beginning of the year. Six points is a lot. I think I might take the Steelers because they've kind of rid themselves of all the noise. I like the Steelers to win the division.
1: Sure. I'll take Pittsburgh plus six.
0: Monday night doubleheader. You get Houston plus six and a half in the New Orleans Superdome. I like Houston because I think the Saints might throw an early
1: early season yeah, clunker. Yeah. Give me, give me the Texans here.
0: Oakland plus two and a half home underdog against the Denver Broncos I actually like John Gruden and the Raiders here yeah yeah, same same here same here so that is your 16-0 and 0 NFL picks 16-0 so that's about all we got for today we've gone a long time I don't really have anything else I think we about covered everything should be a fascinating weekend NFL's back college football's back it's fully football season again yep
1: yep it is it is for sure football season we're into the full swing of things now and yeah that 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 about covers everything
0: all right. Well, I'm going to get out of here. We appreciate you listening to this edition of Mailbag Friday, uh, the People's Holiday. Will of course be back next week. If you have questions you didn't get in, send them my way, and we'll answer them next week. Uh, like and subscribe to the podcast, or like and re- rate and review the podcast. Give me five stars. You can say whatever you want in the comments. We had one guy leave one star. Real dick move there, but I, yeah. I would prefer four or five. That would be that would be swell. So. Please give me five stars if you liked what you heard. Tell your friends about it. We're growing. We've got some sponsorship stuff coming soon. If you'd like to sponsor this podcast, get in touch with me. I don't know if we have any people listening that own businesses and such, but if you do and you want to hear me and my stupid voice read about your company on the podcast to uh, listenership that is growing rapidly, holler at me. Uh, that's my pitch for the day. That's about all i got. Uh, I'm getting out of here.
1: I'm good.
0: All right, well, for Colin Brister, I'm Brian Scott Rippy. The People's Podcast will be back on Monday with, I am sure, a lot to talk about from what should be a rock fight. So, see you Monday. A Super Talk Mississippi yeah. media production.